for an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Monday Waffle. Round 11 this week, it was a split round, only three games, but despite that we'll still be bringing you all the best analysis and even more. My name's Dan Litchens, I'll be your host today and I'm joined by Hayley Plunkett. Hayley, fourth week in a row on the pod. Well, we received so many DMs saying, well, Haley's the favourite and we want her every week. So here I am. Here you are. The fan favourite, Haley Plunkett. Such a shame that no one else could make the pod this week, but it's just going to be us two. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling ready to go. Well, let's jump right into it. We had a massive round this week with a massive upset, Haley. Your favourite team. They won. They won. We'll get into that a little bit later, but let's kick off with our round 11 scores. <laughs> Only three games this week in round 11. The first game, Subiaco, 11-10-76, were defeated by the West Coast Eagles, 12-9-81. Hayley Plunkett, what a surprise. It was a bit of a surprise, but a lovely surprise. It was a lovely surprise. We'll be looking more into that game a little bit later on, but the goal scorer is Ben Sokol from Subiaco, kicking six, making his way up at the goal-kicking leaderboard in the waffle. Michael Broad for Subiaco, also kicking two. But Nathan Vardy, Brendan Archie and Kieran Hug all kicking two for the West Coast Eagles. Disposals, Mark Hutchings absolutely having a day out with 32 disposals and one goal for the Eagles. Alex Witherden down back with 26 for the Eagles and Ainsworth with 25 for West Coast. Whereas Lee Kitchen, the captain for Subi, held up their end with 22 disposals. Next game was Swan Districts defeated by West Perth, 7-5-47 to 14-9-93. The leading goal scorers were Rudy Riddick and Tyler Keitel, both with three for West Perth. And Jesse Palmer and Warwick Wilson, both with two for Swan Districts. Leading the disposals was Jesse Turner, 33, and Freak Anderson with 32, both for Swan Districts. And for West Perth, Shane Nelson with 32 and Nathan Murray with 29. In our last game of the round, a bit of a late afternoon one, Perth Demons, 8-7-55, were defeated by the East Frio Sharks, 12-9-81. John O'Marsh led the goal scoring with five goals and even 24 disposals for East Frio, an absolute day out for him. Luke Schnadika with two for East Frio as well, whereas with the Demons, Christian Carey kicked three, and Mitchell Brandt and Sam Stubbs both kicked two goals. In the disposals, Carl Baskerville led for East Frio with 28, Jared Jansen with 27 with one goal as well for East Fremantle and Chris Maston and Brent College led for the Demons with 24 disposals apiece. It was a short round 11 but that's the scores. From the studios of ECU you're listening to the Monday Waffle. And our topic of the week this week the Waffle W final series started this weekend. Hayley that was a massive winner on top of the ladder this year. Yeah, so the Swan Districts were top and they had 14 out of 15 wins, which is really impressive stuff. Yeah, it's very impressive. They only lost in the second last game of the season against the Peel Thunder. And guess what happened today? They it happened lost again. Against the Peel Thunder. Peel Thunder beat them in the prelim 2 4 16 to get this 0 11 11. The Swan Districts scored 11 behinds. Yeah. If Will was here, he wouldn't be impressed. No, honestly, he would be livid because if you want to finish top of the ladder and you want to be premiers, you cannot kick 11 behinds with no goals. You need some goals. There's 0% efficiency. It's disgusting. Surprisingly enough, goals actually get you more points. (laughs) There you go. That might be a question in teaching Fred Footy. (laughs) But the Peel Thunder take the win and they move straight to the grand final in two weeks' time. But the Swan Districts... 
Next week, they take on Subiaco Lions, who beat Claremont today, 2-3-15 to 2-6-18. Surprise win by Subi there. They finished fourth on the ladder, and Claremont just didn't have it out today. It's good to see the female side win, unlike the men's side. This is true. Subi, Subi female side did have a win this weekend. We're not going to do a full games analysis for the Wobble W, but we do want to cover it, and we do think it's incredibly important that women's footy is getting up and about. We do encourage you to attend the games. Next week's game will be at Steel Blue Oval. The Swans take on the Subiaco Lions for the final spot in the grand final. So if you do have a free Sunday, make sure you get down to the game and support the Waffle W. That is our topic of the week. The history of the Waffle. Back in the late 19th century... Western Australia's sporting culture was dominated by rugby union. Australian rules football was incredibly popular in the Victorian and South Australian states, but was yet to make its way across the Nullarbor Plain. That all changed in 1885 when Fremantle, one of Perth's biggest rugby clubs, decided to switch codes to Australian rules. They were joined by three other clubs, the Rovers, the Victorians, and the schoolboys from Perth High. These schoolboy whippersnappers, they only lasted two games, but the other three teams went on to compete in what is seen as the first ever West Australian Football Association Premiership. The Rovers took out the flag that year, but their club withdrew from the competition in 1899 after a dismal few years. The Victorians are the only club left from that very first league and still wear the cardinal red and blue. But now they are known as the West Perth Football Club, the Mighty Falcons. The History of the Waffle. Now looking at our massive match of the week, Subiaco Lions versus the West Coast Eagles. Haley, it was the Eagles' first win of the season. <laughs> you must be absolutely delighted. Oh, 100%. I couldn't be more ecstatic about it. This is their first win of the season. It's against Subiaco Lions, who are hot tips to be the Premiers this year. How massive is this for the West Coast Eagles reserve side? Well, as I was telling you earlier, it basically means that they've beaten most of the teams. <laughs> Because Subi's beaten Most everyone, every team except South Fremantle. Yeah. Which means that West Coast has beaten Subi, and so they've beaten every team. Basically. Except for South Fremantle. That's a good way of looking at it, an incorrect way of looking at it. But You know, I like to think positively about things. That's fine. If you want to think positively about the Eagles getting one win out of nine, let's do that. Because that's what we're here to do today. Subiaco Lions, what a shock loss. It was a shock loss. There was a massive crowd there. As we know, there was no AFL footy in WA this weekend. And it seems like everyone came down to leave all oval. Well, yeah, it was great to see people turning up to support Waffle when there wasn't any AFL going on. So it was, it was great. Yeah, and on a dangerously rainy weekend, it didn't rain, but it looked like it was going to the whole day. It was quite a surprising turnout. Um, and what a shock victory, Haley. I mean, West Coast, bottom of the ladder, have been getting throttled week in, week out. And they come out against the likely premiers. Yes, but I think in the past few weeks, they've they've been showing up a bit more than they had in earlier on in the season. I was down at their game against Claremont a couple of weeks ago, and they really dominated the first half. It just didn't seem like they showed up 
in the second. So it maybe it was just the first game that they played all four quarters of footy. So let's take a look into the in-depth into this game. One massive turning point for the Eagles was that they had, it was his first waffle game for the Eagles, Luke Shuey. The captain of the West Coast Eagles AFL team played for the Waffle team in his first game back since round three of the AFL. Did he make a big difference on the field on Saturday? I'd like to think he did. If you look at the stats, he got 22 disposals, 11 kicks, 11 handballs. I think there were seven marks in there and four inside 50s. He's making a big difference to the team, but you can't just put it down to him. I mean, there was a lot of players that turned up. But those were great stats because he was playing on limited time. So he was definitely getting the ball and doing something with it. But who else was, was performing well for the Eagles? Oh, Hutchings. Always Hutchings. I'm really looking forward to his AFL return. Absolutely. 32 disposals, one goal for him. Alex Witherden, the brand new backman for the Eagles, making a difference down back with 26 disposals. Who else was up there for you? Well, I think all of the forwards. They were, there was nine goal kickers in the game, which was, you know... For only having 12 goals, they really shared the love. And if we look at Subi, they didn't play badly. They played very no, well. They, were they leading. just didn't play as well as the Eagles they did. They just didn't play as well as the Eagles. They were leading by a point at halftime. And in the third quarter, the Eagles kicked six unanswered goals to get out to a, to a big lead at three-quarter time. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there, Haley, But it seems like Subi's defence just lapsed a little bit in that third quarter. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's talk about Ben Sokol. He's kicked six goals. In this game, he's kicked a goal in every game he's played this year. He had to miss three rounds. But if he didn't miss those three rounds, he'd be leading the goal scorers in the waffle, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I mean, Tyler Cartel was, you know, on WA day, he got eight. This is true. And there's been a lot of bags. John O'Marsh kicked five over the weekend as well. But the race to the Bernie Naylor medal is really heating up. And I think there's going to be a few a few different names coming up in the leaderboard in the next few weeks. This was a massive win for the Eagles. It was a real statement because people have been questioning whether they should be in the Waffle League. And you were actually at that press conference a little while ago. That's right. Craig Vozzo, um, the general footy manager for the Eagles, questioned the role that the reserves team was playing and how well they were playing. Um, but I think this is a real statement from the reserves team in that we can play, we're here to play, we're not just here as a development side for the AFL team, we want to win games and that's so important for the Eagles at the moment. Yeah, just hopefully they can keep it up for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Next week they're versing East Frio, who's not in a rollover team, but they're not the hardest team either, no Subiaco, so they're in for a shot to win there as well, Hayley. Yeah, best of luck to both teams next week in round 12. And that's our massive match of the week, the Lions going down to the Eagles. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking, coming up on the left. His high ball to half four is a huge one to win, gets closed down. on the side. One more round, we get knocked down, we get up. We fight one more round. Come on. Coming off their first win of the season, the West Coast Eagles are flying high and talking to us today, the captain, Hamish Brayshaw. How does it feel to get a win for the Eagles? Oh, yeah, it was a long time coming. I think we were 8 and 0 before, or 0 and 8, sorry, before then. So, uh, definitely good to get the monkey off the back. I think we've been building pretty well over the last month and a half to a win. Um, but we just haven't been able to get the four points. And we did have a good team in yesterday. We had a lot of players going, um, returning from injury from AFL level, so that always helps. And, um, you know, we're not making any, you know, it's no surprise that you play well when you've got a good team in. But uh, just to uh, to get the four points and sort of get the monkey off the back is, is very, very good for the team. And I think all the boys definitely needed a win. So it was a uh, very good start to open the account. 
And it was against Subi, no less. I mean, they're tipped to be premiers this year. How does it feel to knock them off? Oh, well, that's just, they're the last Waffle team, I think, that I've uh, was yet to beat. So not a lot of people have beaten them in the last five or six years. So definitely good to get one over them. I mean, they're a very quality opposition. We had, I think we had 13 listed um, AFL players and, and they sort of never went in. They were, you know, within a kick towards the end. So that's a true testament to how good they are as a team. Um but, yeah, to get a win over them in what was as tough a waffle game as I've ever played in uh, is a really, yeah, we, we are, we're all really, really happy. It was a very, very good win. I remember it for a long time. Yeah, I was down at the game yesterday. It was absolutely great to see you guys win. And I noticed that you chaired a kid off after the game. I was just wondering, is he someone special or just a random? Yeah, so he's uh, our waffle chaplain. His name's Chad Harding. Uh, he comes down, he volunteers, he helps out with all the boys, loves it around the club, and he's got... Two young fellas, uh, Ryder and Parker, and that uh, that was Parker this, uh, yesterday. He, they came down all pre-season and they would run around and jump in with the boys, so they really got around it. And and I gave the shirt that he was wearing was an old training top of mine that was too small for me, and I gave it to him in, on day one of pre-season, and he wears it to every single game, every training session, and, and loves it. So he, um, yeah, I've become close with him, so I... Uh, just got delayed. Just he was running out and gave me a big high five, and I thought, bugger, come up here, mate, and we uh, and carried him off. So yeah, not uh, not a relation, but a uh, a good little fella. No, oh, awesome. Uh, you spoke about your AFL listed players a bit earlier. Um, one yep. of them was captain of the AFL side, Luke Shuey, and one of your close mates. How good was yep. it to play him with him for oh, only the second um, time yeah. in your career? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I played half a game with him at um, in a JLT one uh, against Essendon last year. But to play a game, I mean, he is, he's won an Smith medal, he's won a premiership, he's a, won a best and fairest, he's a star of an AFL player, and to come back to waffle level, he's, he's obviously far too good for that, but he just brought leadership and experience, and, and I think just for those younger guys that, you know, Callum Jamison never got it there, he would have never played with, with Luke before, so that would have been really good for our, um, even our young listed guys, let alone our waffle boys, but for me personally, it was... Um, it was really, really good to play with him. I mean, I went around to his place for dinner beforehand, um, the day before, and now uh, I'm really close with Luke, and it was great to uh, to finally get a good game with him and, uh, and a win, no less. So, sung the song next to him after the game, and uh, no, very, very happy. And was it weird captaining the captain? <laughs> I've been asked this a couple of times. It wasn't too bad. I mean, he he, he loves coming. The culture at our Waffle Club, I mean, we've, we're only, we've only won one game, but we do have a really strong culture. The boys love being there. And I think it, it helps because the Waffle or the AFL guys, when they come back, they don't, we don't have moaning. There's no sort of whinging about, oh, I'm playing twos. Everyone sort of enjoys the environment when they come back. And it, it just makes for a, a better sort of a better culture. And, and he understands that really well. And he was more than happy to come and listen. I mean, obviously, he's just a natural leader. So... Um, when he didn't, even though he's not the captain of the waffle side, he still leads, you know, from the front and, and with his words. So he, and he's an experienced player, and I'd be, you know, I'd be a stupid leader if I wasn't going to lean on that experience and, and his knowledge of the game. So there were times where he had a couple of words to say to the midfielders, to the forwards, and um, you know, so I, I'm and I'm happy to sort of let him take that um, take that on because he knows a lot more about football than I do. But no, he uh, it was it wasn't weird captain the captain. He was pretty excited for my pre game speeches and half time speeches, but he just you know, he sits back and does what he does best. So uh, yeah, it was a pretty natural in the end. Awesome. Now just moving slightly off the game yesterday, um, you did yep. mention getting the monkey off the back. You guys were um oh and eight going into this game. Do you think that's indicative of your form or do you think you've just had a bit of a rough rough time in the first half of the season? 
Um, yeah, look, I don't think the, the, the scoreboard and the win-loss ratio, I don't think that really is reflective of how we've been playing. There's been a couple of games where we've been poor and we've been blown out. That, uh, the West Perth game was we weren't great, uh, and same with the East Frower game. Um, but I think we've been in a lot of games. We've been building. The Claremont game, I think if we had a kick straight, we probably could have won. The South Frio game uh, not long ago, we were in it for three quarters and, you know, one quarter sort of blew us out. So we've been playing some OK football. We haven't played four quarters properly. I think the Claremont game, we played four quarters of footy and were beaten by a better side. Um, and, you know, and this, this way we played four quarters. So I think the team's sort of building to a point where we can be consistent and competitive. We might not win every game, but we want to be competitive. So I think, yeah, we have had some pretty bad games to start the year. Um, but yeah, I think in probably the last month and a half, we've been playing a brand of footy that's competitive, and uh, you know, regardless of the result, I think we're, we 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 have, we have been a pretty hard team to play against the last month and a bit. So yeah, the, the losses aren't great, but I think we're playing a brand of footy that's uh, that's exciting and you know that's that's uh, tough to play against. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, the uh, we can start playing, getting some wins, but I think our brand will hold up regardless of win, lose, or draw. And do you think that the reserves team is the best way to bring these AFL players back to form? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, there's obviously circumstances. It's, it's all circumstantial. Elliot Yo, in a perfect world, it would have been good for him to, cut, uh, to play maybe two. We'll do another game of Waffle to get that match fitness. But with injuries at AFL level and, uh, and you know, selection needing to be done, he had to go and play. And, and that's understandable. He's a champion, so he goes up there and does that. But I think if they... You know, with, with with a fully fit list, you give guys, you know, one, two, three weeks to to build back form and confidence. And I mean, if you if you're really good, we're these really good players. They come back and and they enjoy playing off the footy. As I said, we've got a, we, we we think we've got a pretty good culture and they love playing there. But you know, they're they're better than that level. So they come back. Guys like Jared Brander and Brendan Archie, I think personally, they come back to that level and. And they can get really good confidence through playing because they, I think they're a little bit above that level. So they come back and they build up their form. So yeah, I think in an ideal world, if, if players can come back from injury or reform or whatever, whatever it may be, and play a couple of games, and that that that'd be really good for them. So, but yeah, obviously circumstances, uh, things, some things have to change with the selection at AFL level. But yeah, that's uh, in an ideal world, I think building back through the waffles is the best thing for them. Lovely. Now, let's just touch briefly on, on your career. Um, yep. You grew up in Victoria. You've made the move yep. over to WA with the Eagles. Um, yes. But even now that you're not playing AFL, you're still finding a home here in WA. Um, yep. What do you like about Perth, and are you going to stay here? Uh, oh, I love Perth. I, it took me... So I was drafted as a 19-year-old. I lived in Melbourne. I was born in Adelaide, lived there for a year and a bit, and then was uh, for my my living memory of being in Melbourne. And, and I do love it over there, but I got drafted as a 19-year-old, and within... I reckon four or five months, I said, geez, this is, uh, I'm very comfortable calling this place home. So it was a no-brainer for me when uh, when the season was finished and I, and I was delisted that regardless of where I was going to play footy next year, it would probably be in the Waffle and, and be in Perth. I mean, I love the weather. I love the, you know, how close things are. I love the lack of traffic. It's a much more relaxed lifestyle than it is in Melbourne. Melbourne's hustle and bustle and... I'm a, uh, I like to think I'm a pretty relaxed guy, so I like the sort of, you know, chilled out nature of the place. And, um, you know, I, in my three years at the footy club, I, you know, you build a pretty close relationship with a lot of guys. So, uh, you know, a lot of my best mates are here now, and I've got a girlfriend who's here. So I'm pretty, and most of my family's here as well, which really helps. I mean, Andrew and I were drafted at the, in the same year to, you know, to the two Western State clubs. So, 
that was really important, um, you know, for making it transition easier and, and getting it home in Perth. And my mum and dad were both born here. They've got lots of family here. So we've got the sure family has a strong connection in WA. And so I think it was just an easy decision for me in the end to, uh, you know, unless things change in the future, I'll be quite happy and content staying in Perth. Well, that's good to hear, mate. We love seeing you in the Waffle, and we can't wait to see more of you in the years to come. Thanks so much for your time, Hamish. No worries. Thank you very much, guys. Don't forget to go to the Monday Waffle Facebook page and throw us a like and follow us on Twitter. And now it's time to look ahead to this weekend. Round 12, we're back to five games a week, and let's do our tips. Hayley, you're our tipper today. I hope you got your ears on. Always, they're permanently attached to me and they flap in the wind. Good. All right, first game, Subiaco Lions versus the Swan Districts. Despite last weekend's game, I'm going to go Subi. I also agree with you, absolutely. The Peel Thunder host East Perth down in Mandra. I'm going to go Peel. Going to go Peel? Yeah. They played a great game against Claremont the first week of the split round. They didn't win, but I think they can do it. But East Perth are coming off a great win, the Mighty Royals, against the yeah, last two's premiers. they almost beat the top of the ladder. All right. West Perth versus Claremont. Claremont. You reckon? I reckon this will be a tight one. Could be, but it's top of the ladder, so I just have to go top of the ladder. Yep, fair enough. South Fremantle versus the Perth Demons. South Fremantle. Yes, that's an easy one. And East Frio versus the West Coast Eagles. They're on a roll. They're on a roll, and I would love for it to continue... But I will be tipping East Fremantle. That's shocking. You are an Eagle supporter, Haley. How dare you? Well, in AFL, I only ever tip Eagles. I never tip against them. But this is the waffle, so you I break all my rule. rules. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our Rail 12 tips. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Monday Waffle. We'll be back next week with Round 12 scores, analysis, and even more. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. It's at the Monday Waffle, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And feel free to continue to send in DMs telling everybody how much you want me on the pod. Exactly. And not just Hayley. If you want a player on the pod, if you want to ask questions to us, if you want something you want to see on next week's pod, please let us know at the Monday Waffle. Message us however you can. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting. Round 12 this week.